This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Welcome to Katie's Crib, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Have your girls seen my girl? No, not yet. No. We could do a whole other talk about childhood performance. The world is so trauma aware, and yet we still are pretending that the psyches of child performers, and I mean athletes, I right. mean all of it, all of kids it. Kids who don't book. Oh my God. All of I it. I can't even. Hi, guys. It's Katie Lowe's, and welcome back to Katie's Crib. Guys, it is season five, baby. How are you guys? Is everybody hanging in there? I mean, can you believe that we're still in a pandemic or is it an endemic or an epidemic now? I don't even know. But for the past few months, we've definitely been shifting towards a new normal. More places are starting to open up again. More mask mandates are being lifted. More people are out and about. For me, um, some opportunities have uh, shown themselves. Like I've got Inventing Anna that just came out on Netflix. You can stream it. I'm also in my first sitcom on CBS called How We Roll, which comes out on March 31st. But one thing that has not changed is the dedication that you guys have seriously shown toward this podcast. And I want to thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart for continuing to tune in each week and recommending it to your friends. Our community, it just, man, it just feels so honest and authentic to me. And I am able to be so vulnerable with you guys about exactly what I'm going through at the moment. And I just really appreciate y'all being there. I've learned so many things about parenting through this podcast, talking to experts and other parents who are going through the same journey. I've laughed, I've cried, I've gone through a whole roller coaster of emotions, and I hope you all have too. And I cannot wait to bring you guys along with me for the ride in this new season. I am so excited about season five's very first guest. I am chatting with the one, the only, Anna Klumpski. So Anna and I are on this new Netflix show called Inventing Anna, and the whole story 
It's told through her character's eyes. She plays Vivian Kent, a journalist. That's all I'm going to tell you because you're just going to have to watch and see what I'm talking about. But let me just be the one to tell you that she is so good in this part. It's unbelievable. But she and I hadn't talked in quite a while because there was a pandemic and shooting and she lives in New York and I live in L.A. and blah, 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 blah. But I really just wanted to catch up. I wanted to know more about her pregnancies, about her labors, how she's sharing her acting career experience with her children and so much more. If y'all don't know Anna Klumsky, are you living under a rock? But here, let me tell you who she is. You would probably know her as playing the lead role of Veda in My Girl, which came out in 1991, and then it had a prequel in 1994. Since then, she's appeared in a number of things. She plays Amy Bruckheimer on the HBO television series Veep, which was incredible. She's been on White Collar, Law & Order Special Victims Unit, NBC's adaptation of Hannibal, etc., etc. Anna is married to American military veteran and business executive, Sean So. The two have two daughters, Clara and Penny. Thank you for coming on Katie's Crib, Anna, and for being the very first guest of Season 5. Yay! I am so glad that you're on this podcast right now. So Anna Klumsky and I are... uh, on this show called Inventing Anna on Netflix. on Netflix. On Netflix, if you've ever heard of it. The whole story is told, through, I guess, through your character's eyes. Sort of. I mean, I'm the framework. I guess, yeah. yeah, you know, I'm the, I'm the, yeah. You're so fucking good in this part. <laughs> and you're so fucking good in all your parts. But Likewise. I mean, this is like ridiculous. Everyone needs to watch what you do in That's this show. very kind. Like mine. Oh, I hope Seriously. so. Oh my God. I'm I don't nervous. see it if I don't have to, though. But what I think is so cool is that when you first came on to our first ever table read, and for you Scandal fans listening to this podcast, you know that like our Scandal table reads are like a very famous thing. And and the Inventing Anna mm-hmm. table reads were very similar in that it was like really fun and exciting and like it was. It going was really- at it yeah. and all this stuff. And I just remember you walking into the table read. You were just like, a mom of two and your kids are sort of bigger than mine. What are they? Yeah, little, yeah, I've got a little bit of a head start. Yeah. Now mine are eight and five. Then it would have been six and three. Yeah. So when we were shooting the first time we were shooting Inventing Anna, because for those of you listening, we shot Inventing Anna pre-pandemic, during pandemic. Yeah. See if you can spot it. It took you. Oh, you can for me yeah. and my no. after a baby. That's for sure. <laughs> It's okay. It's fine. Thank God for Shondaland. Um, and we're we're saying this because, yes, I shot half of the show before I got pregnant with Vera. Oh. Then I got pregnant with Vera. Then I had Vera. And then uh. three months later, the whole Hollywood gets your body back is not my story. No, come on. It's still not my story. She's yeah. over a year. I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. We're human beings. Like, I, uh. I know. What I was going to say was when I saw you and met you, I was like, holy shit, you're such a full, real person and a mom with a very full life. You come on and you act the shit out of something. But I had this feeling from you like, holy shit, you are very involved in all aspects of being a mom and being a wife and being a caretaker and being an actress and being all the things that you do. I just really looked up to you and really I and then I started like going down like a Google search and so you really found out about me and you went, don't meet your heroes. Not kidding. No, then it was like I was I was looking at you because you were on Veep and winning accolade after accolade and all these things, but you were pregnant, you were yeah. 
post-baby, pre-baby, all these yeah. things. And it was just very inspiring sure, as an actress sure. to see you yeah. rock that shit. Oh, thanks for saying that. Because, of course, we, you know, we never think we're rocking anything. And so, yes. And I, I was really fortunate that when I was going through it, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was a boss, you know, both on screen and off. I mean, she was at the beginning of being able to say, excuse me, I'm going to go ahead and do my job and have my kids. Oh, my God. Can you even imagine that? Right. That was... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like she definitely, you know, told me a few stories about that and had that that perspective. Um, so really, really valuable, really valuable. I'm sure. And I'm sure for you, too, going through it. Carrie had gone through it. <laughs> Carrie right? and Shonda. Yeah, like Shonda was the person who literally sat me down and said, are you thinking about having a family? And it was like the last season of Scandal. And I said, I'm really thinking about it. And she said, Mm -hmm. well, I just want to let you know that um, if I were you, I would have it on my watch. (laughs) And and this is and this show is not going to be on forever. And I like went home and I was like, Adam, take off your pants. (laughs) So, yeah, you're like, (laughs) Adam doesn't like to say Shonda was like in the room, but she was like basically in there. I know. Yeah, that's amazing. So did you always want to be a mom? Hey, you know, it's funny. I always knew I wanted a family and I always knew I wanted kids. But when you get into the identity issue of mom, I'll just say, yeah, I didn't know what that was. Like, I didn't know um, what that could be. I'm in that category of, of people who... um I didn't have baby dolls, you know, and I didn't, you know, like if I had baby cousins, I, I enjoyed them. I liked, I I appreciated them, but I was never like, let me hold the baby. Right. You weren't like one of those super maternal teenagers or like, yeah, I wasn't either. I wasn't. And of course that made me nervous when I did start to get to, to the ages where you're thinking about these things, but that's part of it. And yeah, but I, I did, I did always know that I would, that I wanted a family. I never had that whole like, oh, but what if I just, you know, maybe my path is other. I always knew that family was going to be a part of my path. I did too. I did too. Even though I tried, I like had one dinner out with three couples who were in their 60s and didn't have kids and were living this Uh, incredible life. Oh, sure. And Adam and I left and we were like, yeah, be sure we're going to do that. (laughs) But it's like this weird guttural feeling. I saw like myself later in life wanting someone to have called me mom. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's great. You met your husband, um, Sean. Sean, yeah. In college. In freaking college. In Chicago, University that's of Chicago. It. You've been that's married it. as of March 8th, 2008. <laughs> yeah, very good. Did you guys make a decision to try to get pregnant? Was it an easy go for you? Did you know when it was time? Yeah, this part of... This part of the story is probably like the part of the story where a good percentage of the populace could totally hate me for this because yeah, like it was. It was oh, but that's such a miracle, and people got a bless. That's awesome. That's is, so awesome. It is. Yeah. Well, the, you know what we did was I had like that kind of Shonda-ish experience too, not with my boss, but I had, but with one fellow actress. You might know. Have you ever met Julie Halston? Do you know Julie Halston? No. She's amazing. You'll you'll die and love her. I the second you get to work right with. now. Yeah, she's she's just the coolest freaking broad. Oh, she's a fucking legend. The guys oh, look yeah, her up. Julie Halston. Okay, she's yeah. a fucking legend. Okay, so what did she say? <laughs> so she and I were doing this monologue show written by Nora Ephron and and her sister Delia, and um, 
I was married for a couple of years by then. And, you know, we were, oh, we got our first dog. You know, like we got the dog. Yeah. We were like, gateway drug. Dog yeah. is a gateway yeah. drug yeah. to yeah. trail sure. to parenting. Can we do yeah. that? You know, can we keep something alive together? And Julie's maybe two decades my senior. And so she's like, honey, <laughs> do you want to do this? And I'm like, well, yeah, I want to have family someday. And she's like, I'm going to tell you something and it's not going to be popular. Don't wait. Because if you wait and you can't get it done, it's going to be really expensive. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that's not wrong. Not wrong. And, and she's like, you know, anybody who waits for their career, like your career is never going to feel ready. What's ready? No. Your career is never going to feel done or like at that, right? Oh my God. No. no. You're right. No. And so that happened. And then I did a job. I did a day, not a day play, a recurring on this show. Um, do you remember White Collar? Oh, yeah. Hottest dude ever. What's his name? Matty Bellmer. Oh, Bellmer. geez. Yeah. That guy's hot as hell. Yes. Yeah, okay. But we had um, the woman doing my makeup on that job. I don't know what we were talking about, but she kind of felt like it felt like out of the blue. She's like, do you want a family? Do you want kids? And I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about it. And someday she's like, don't wait. I was like, whoa, I just, I just got that message like last week. And now I'm getting it from you. You know, it was one of those. So like Sean and I were driving to Miami from New York for fun. Adorable. (laughs) And that's what you do. Yeah. I think we were listening to Mumford. And we pulled Mumford over and, and we made yeah, no, uh, it, it, yeah, Penelope it was, Joan. Oh, I see what this podcast is about. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I guess I must have been 31 when I said this. So I was like, well, I've been on birth control since I was 16. So I suppose it would be nice to not be on birth control more than half my life. Mm-hmm. So sure. I, guess, I guess we'll pull the goalie at 32. That's, that's how we did it. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, Get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad, is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor, and meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. 
we're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. How was pregnancy for you? Easy, hard? Um, relatively easy. I mean, obviously emotionally, but yeah, like I didn't have morning sickness. My second, I had like a low level nausea for the first trimester, but nothing ever to write home about whatsoever. And I never, you know, it wasn't morning sickness. I never had a morning sickness. It's so great to hear because honestly, like (laughs) I I know you're like, oh God, everyone, everything went easy and sort of like lovely. I know. But that's also very good to hear because we we do a lot of podcasts about people struggling and having a hard time. And there's (laughs) also a lot of podcasts where people were like, it was great. Yeah, no, my hard, my hard time was, and I think you know how about this. My hard time was postpartum. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have postpartum depression with the first or the second or both? And what did it look like for you? Definitely first. And then second, by then I already had my therapist. I already knew kind of what to look for, but it was, I'll tell you, it was more of an identity crisis, which hello, I'm still going through. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, I think that's going to just be forever. That's just midlife, honey. <laughs> midlife. Did you think it was an identity crisis to be a mom, to be an actor? I thought it was, well, no, no, what it was is because I, I knew I was done. I knew I was done making them. The, the depressive thought was basically like, well, if this is the peak, <laughs> it like, it's all downhill for me. Like there was that, there was just that sense. That anybody who has chosen not to have children would listen to that and be like, oh, you are, you are nuts. Like, of course, that's not all there is, right? But when you've like done the labor thing, it just felt like a, a lot of now what? How was your first labor? Um, first labor, what? Well, so I was induced both times. I was induced primarily because my uterus just quits at 36 weeks. Whoa. How do they know? What comes back where they're like, we out? Ultrasound, ultrasound and weight check. So they just like stop growing and your placenta sort of poops out. Well, it's not even that. They call it failure to thrive, but that's like a scary thing. But that's, you know, the kid hasn't grown from 36 to 38. So your womb's not doing her any favors at this point. Let's get her out. The first time that happens, you go, oh, interesting, you know, oh, scary, interesting, all these beautiful things. Labor's really you know, we all have these gorgeous, I mean, not gorgeous, but like the event of labor stories and birth stories. So I had a miscarriage in between. And there's that feeling when you have a miscarriage where you're like, I'm never going to stop trying. I'm just going to try until my, until everything's dried up. And then second, you know, with my second pregnancy, which was a harder one. It was, I, I carried very low. I had to wear a belt like from like four months. Like I had to, it was like crazy, but, but yeah, but it's um anyway, so it, already, but so then I went in and then there was one of these ultrasounds. I was at 38 weeks. Sure enough, like the ultrasound was like, oh, I'm going to check with the doctor. And she comes back and, blah, blah. and I was like, this has taken a while. And they're like, so she hasn't grown since 36 weeks. So we're going to induce tomorrow. I remember using the restroom and sort of said a prayer to my uterus. Cause I do that a lot. <laughs> I kind of, she's my God. Yeah. And I'm like, I hear you. 
You're done. If we can get through this together, then I'll let you rest. Oh, was my thing. I have such goosebumps about that. Thank you. I don't know if that's how I put it. The only other person there is my uterus. <laughs> yeah, but like I tell people that all the time. I used to speak to my uterus and like vagina all the time during both of my pregnancies where I yeah. was like, we're going to get through this together. Yeah. Yeah. That always helped me too to sort of personify and pray in a way. Some people don't like saying it's a miracle because it happens every day. And I get that. But you go into a room. And as two, you come out as three. Like, that's what happens. That is wild. I, I, I remember after having the baby, I was just like, I'm this, this happened here. And I'm so grateful. <laughs> I'm just so grateful to and you. It is so crazy. Labor, no one knows how it's going to go. It's, yeah, it's like, it's honestly, it's not about you. Yes, you're doing it. And that's so about you. But like, this, the thing that's happening is is a divine thing that is that is up to that kid and that divinity, whatever we call it. Yeah, I'm so with you on that. Okay, so y- your postpartum depression since it was worse with Penelope. Did she she goes by Penny, right? Penny, yeah. Yeah, oh, cute. So your postpartum depression with Penny, did it did it present itself as more anxious and panic attacks or did it present itself as like a depressing like Obsessive I can't get thoughts. out of bed. Okay, obsessive, obsessive thoughts. That's mine. Yeah. Once you go in and you do the scale and you're like, oh, and how many days out of 14? Have you cried? And how many yeah. days out of 14 could you not handle it? Yeah. And you're like four. Four, but those days were off. I didn't medicate. I It was done just through talk therapy. Um, so great. Yeah, which is great. But I so understand as well that sometimes the spectrum, like it is a spectrum. And what, this is what I don't like. I want that language to change from if to when, because I think that the if gives these high achieving moms like myself. And I think you too, possibly this concept of like, Oh, I have such grace for those who've gone through it, but, but, but maybe I'll avoid it. Meaning oh, it won't happen to me. <laughs> oh, I was still like, have you met me? I'm a very stable person. I've never right. dealt with depression in my whole life. Like, right. this is not me. Right. And then I started having obsessive thoughts also that were very dark about my son. Yep. And it switched on to him. It's the worst movie. So talk therapy was hugely helpful to you. And mm, yeah. your biggest advice to yourself the second go around was that all of those things were in place. Yeah. I have one of those therapists who like will let you graduate sometimes. And then she's like, but call me for a tune up, you know, and you're like, oh, I gotta do it. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, but then I did. And I see her very regularly now. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it for me, it was the obsessive thoughts. It feels like in Clockwork Orange when like you think when your eyes are being controlled and you have to see the worst movie over and over and over again. I also have PMDD. What's that? premenstrual um, dysphoric disorder. So it's like, it's basically just like PMS on, you know, more. (laughs) That sounds horrible. (laughs) The reason I figured it out was because, you know, again, I was on birth control for my whole life, basically 16 years for my whole menstruating life. Right. Then I'm having babies. So your hormones are cuckoo pants. And so then I actually had to like get to know my actual cycle. For the first time since you were 16. Yeah, which is like, that wasn't even... So then you turn out, you start getting real, real flow (laughs) periods that aren't like on Uh, hormone and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. So then I, there was like more like PMS times, which I always had it, but like where 
it felt like the, like the postpartum. And I was like, oh, okay. That makes sense though. That makes right? sense. Right, all the sense in the world. Then it was like, okay, let's tell the acupuncturist and let's get all the herbs, you know, let's get the Chinese herbs and let's get, you know, then it was, let's find homeostasis for you. This is the thing with like any kind of herbal healing is like, you know, you want to come to a place of homeostasis. And so you have to watch it for like maybe three months and you just have to observe and have faith that like you're helping your body, you know, with, with this well-being. Because yeah, like the, basically the chemical change with the hormones, that's the destabilizing part. That makes, I, I'm learning yeah. so much because I just got my like third period and I haven't mm-hmm. had a period in two and a half years because right. I am still breastfeeding and I, oh, um, wow. oh my gosh. I know, I don't know why I'm doing this. This was not <laughs> in the plan. I don't know. It's very um, weird. She's my second and this is it. Yep. I don't know what it is. Um, I thought I would quit it a year and then um, I was like, you know what? For inventing Anna, when we all go to New York and we do right. this big fancy premiere and all this stuff, and then uh, Omicron, and yeah. now I'm home. And so I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to wean for that. Because I was like, I'm not pumping in New York. I'm not pumping in New York. But now no. we're not going, I'm not going to New no. York. Right, right. Yeah. So I don't know what I'm doing on that. But um, stay tuned. I want to hear all about yours, too. <laughs> I just, you know, oh, my I God, I'll tell you. Podcast. I haven't got to ask you about number two at all. Oh, my God. It was so great. My pregnancy oh, was all. Well, no, it was awful <laughs> in that I had the worst. I mean, it, my labor was a joke. I've had harder. <laughs> I've had harder workout classes like I meant. Yeah. I pulled her out myself. It was great. Oh my my postpartum depression was awful. After number two or number one? Yeah. Oh, okay. yep, 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 yep. I had to go on medication. Nani. I'd never been on medication before. Yeah. I've, I'd been in therapy for 100 years, but like yeah. it reached a level of, I mean, I was having rolling panic attacks all day, every day oh, for mommy. six weeks. And yeah, it yeah. was bad. But I feel great now. <laughs> I feel so lucky because I do think parenting a four-year-old and a one-year-old during these circumstances has been very, very challenging. I have a very physically active son Mm. and um, it's just been isolating at times, frustrating at times, scary at times. And I have to say, just like being on an anti-anxiety medication has made me a better mom able to show up. No, that's that's the point. Because, jeez, I mean, I've never had more moms text me about them being stressed out. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Frame. Mother's Day is almost here. What are you getting her? Something that shows you care. Something that makes her feel loved. Something that won't stress you out. Something like the Skylight Frame. The Skylight Frame is the perfect gift. It's a touchscreen photo frame your whole family can upload photos to from wherever they are in the world. It's a way to share with her all the moments that matter. It sets up in seconds. You can even make sure that it's already loaded with photos when your mom opens her Mother's Day gift. And her Skylight Frame can hold thousands of the treasured photos you share. It's an easy, heartfelt way for mom to stay connected with those who matter most. It really is the perfect gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightframe.com slash easy. 
Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? And meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. eight-year-old and a five-year-old right now i feel really lucky i love my school i love this you know we're in public school is this the same school they were going to yeah and they've been amazing amazing i'm i'm so grateful tell me what the qualities are that make it so great as i'm sitting here looking at elementary schools for my son (laughs) you know um they love it they care about it with public schools i don't know how it is in california but in new york There are a lot of programs available. It's really about researching the principal and knowing what they're about and hearing what they have to say and seeing if it jives with what you dig. We knew that this school was good. So we actually like like got our place because of this zone. You were like, I need to find a place to live so that they can go to this school. Yeah, we were zoned for this anyway. Are your girls um, in personality similar, drastically different? Not that those are the only options. They dig each other. They're really great playmates. Oh, really? Yeah. And they share a room ever since they can remember. I mean, what's even most fun is lately, just, just about like six months ago, we, fi- we finally took the monitor out because I was like, um, they need some privacy. <laughs> like, I was like, this is ridiculous. Oh, how freaking cute. Okay. And then the younger. So we have Penelope Joan is your oldest. And we yes. have Clara. Clara Elizabeth. Yeah. Clara Elizabeth yeah. is your second. Yes. But they're different. It's different. Tell me, have your girls seen my girl? No, not yet. No. Do you tell them you're an actor? Yes. In fact, they they just got into Rugrats, which is really sweet. And I actually am really happy that it's happening this way because for me, it's really helpful um, that they're seeing me do or they're hearing me do a job that I've chosen to do myself. Mm-hmm. That I have a craft behind that I'm a grown up and yeah, this is my actual sense. living. We could do a whole other talk about childhood performance. Um, this is one of my soapboxes these days because the world is so trauma aware. And yet we still are pretending that the psyches of child performers, and I mean athletes, I right. mean all of it. Kids all in of catalogs, it. I mean kids who don't book. Oh my god. All of it. I can't even uh, I can't even imagine it. I can't even imagine what you have been. I can't even imagine. Thank you. Yeah. And and I'm just going to say, like, it was a really bad week for me, not for anybody else. Everybody else has their own life, right? When one of my eldest daughter's friends started to be, I saw my girl, you know, like on the playground. And I just was like, <gasps> like, I just, I went into fight or flight completely. And I was trying, but I'm also like, all I am is the mom to them. So I'm also have to be really responsible and being like, Oh, thank you. And, uh, you know, but it was like, 
it was a bad week. Yeah. And how are they supposed to understand that? Yeah, no. And, and, you know, mom, why can't I watch it yet? And I'm like, you can sometime. I just, I need to be ready. I need to think about some things. With therapy, I thought, you know, I, I had to think about these things very much because I can't, I'm not going to be somebody who's going to avoid it or like, you know, like, right. no, like right. life has to unfold as it does. And I am proud of being in Hector now, you know. Um, but like you said, when you were an adult and you chose it, like you were also a child performer and a child star. And then you left the business. You went to college. Sure you studied something mm-hmm. else. You came yep. back to it yep. Yep. full circle as a choice uh-huh. that you made. Uh-huh. Exactly. And they're huge. Two different careers completely. And I had to go, why? Why? What am I scared of? Right? What am I scared of having? And bottom line is, I think most people who've gone through something like this can uh, speak to this. Some people have been writing some great op-eds about it. Mara Wilson wrote one and Amber Tamblin wrote one. And I'm oh. so proud of them. And, but basically, when that happened, my entire family and friends and anybody I'd ever met completely changed. Completely changed. I didn't know anybody anymore. Um, anywhere you went, if you just went to Christmas, you were there to take pictures with oh. people to, so that, that you could be proven, you know, like you just know it was, it's a weird version of like just losing everything you knew. And so it made me realize like, oh my God, I'm terrified that my daughter will see me different, you know? And like the bottom line is she will anyway, (laughs) because she's eight and she's going to be nine and then she's going to be 10. Like she's going to see me different no matter what. Right. (laughs) But, um, but I had to go through that. I had to, I had to do the self-inquiry to go, what, what is this about? Otherwise we're just reacting, right? It's the um, Alice Miller book, the drama, the gifted child, right? Like if we're not aware that like this stuff is mine and not Not theirs, which was why you're great because you were like, well, first, what I realized was that I was, I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared. It's you. Yeah. Yeah. Do they get screens? Do they get no screens? I know you are not a social media person. We have a two and a half, um, hour screen time limit every day. And that's both iPads and TV. Really, I kind of just keep track of it in 20 minute increments. If it's practicing music or whatever, or if it's doing like homework, it doesn't count to the two and a half, but you still need a screen break. I'm not a social media person. That doesn't mean that I'm going to like forbid it for them someday, but I am very much like, listen, the internet is basically a portal to the rest of the world. Do you feel like you're ready for me to just let you walk out the door and meet somebody that you've never met in Queens? No, mommy. (laughs) No, like you don't know how to get there. You don't have a way of getting in touch with me. You don't know how to drive. Right. And then she's like, no, no, no. And I'm like, that's how you have to look at the internet. So yeah, there's a lot of just like everyday little, like, let's be careful, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Cause it's a very slippery slope. Yes. And I also, you know, I, I was like in that same vein of what we were talking about, like before as a child performer, the week the internet was like invented, the week that they invented, like brought you into school and they like built a computer lab and taught you how to like type Alta Vista. Yeah. I Google myself. And the first thing that shows up is that, I'm, I mean, this is when I'm 14, right? That I have a baby, that I have a nose job. Oh, God. My first experience with the internet at all was being lied about. I got to tell you, in this day and age, what a gift. I've never had the concept that like, well, I read it on the internet, so it's got to be true. It's like, right. No. The fact that you've always been like, everyone better check their sources. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like Just that because is- you read it doesn't mean it's true. 
That's never been a question to me. Like the internet has never been, come on. But yes, eyes, <laughs> just eyes, like everything in moderation, you know, same thing with candy. You can have a piece. Oh yeah. I gave my son like a mini Snickers bar, which he calls a sneakers bar, you know, at craft Aww. services, there's all that crap. And I don't have that really in my house. I'll give him like the healthy version, like exactly. Justin's yeah. peanut butter bar, peanut uh-huh. butter, butter cup or some shit. Sure. But I came home the other night and I was like, I have something, a snicker, a sneakers bar. And he was like, out of his mind. Would you travel with them when you were shooting Veep or they would stay at home? Veep, we always found somebody in the location um, when I had the kids with, when I had the girls with me. But then once they got old enough to be in school, I was the only one traveling, which is still hard. I haven't done that yet. Talk to me about it. The longest I've been away, and I don't recommend, it's not fun, but the longest I've been away is two weeks. Germany which we did for Anna Delvey. That was my, um, my, my longest having been away. That was a, that is a profound trip just because of all of the things involved. Plus like COVID. you're, you're sequestered in like the most gorgeous hotel, like in Berlin, looking upon, you know, history. <laughs> How do you split responsibilities with your husband? It's very, very 50, 50. I know it's yeah, like, I don't know if, if saying 50, 50 sinks in. To anybody anymore. No, we're the same. You know we're, I mean? we're very fucking split. Sean's really into, really, really into being a dad. Like he's really good at it. And um, we basically find the stuff we're good at. Like going to the grocery store stresses me out. It happens to be his favorite thing of the day, right? So like, great. He gets the groceries. I cook them. So you guys know your lanes and you stick Yeah, in- sort of. Yeah, that's pretty much, you know, and they they work out. And if they don't work out that way, then you figure it out. Then you talk, you know, like getting up in the morning. We, I mean, we do. We do it every other day. Oh, you do? That's so great. Yes. And if it's not, like if like sometimes he'll go on a, an early hike or something like that. And then it is me waking them up. They're like, where's daddy? And I'm like, well, yeah, because they know it's his day. <laughs> Oh, that's so great. I'm going to convince right now I do. So I'm the morning person. Adam's the night person. So I do mornings because that's my strongest. And it's a hardcore downhill from there. And Adam loves nights and is a night owl. When I'm like dying, he's really coming in strong for books and bedtime and baths and getting them dressed. And I'm really coming in strong with breakfast and vitamins and getting out the door and packing your lunches and like whatever. That's still dividing it. You know, it's yes. Yeah. And playing to your strengths. I think playing to your strengths work. And also something I will say, and I've always, I really love, we do, we are date night. Like, oh, like help couple. me. We're <laughs> fucked. How, when do you do it? When? We, we, well, we do it Wednesdays, but sometimes because we book sitters, that's always part of it. That's just always part of it. I got to get everyone listening. Hold me to it. I got to go on a date night. Adam Shapiro and I have not seen each other solo in a God awful long time. And then we'll have like special occasions where like once every few months we'll do something wonderful, but like that's not work event. work event does not count a date night because you're on and you're freaked out. Yeah. It's a totally different feel. Finish this sentence. Parenthood is. A gift is the third first thing I was going to say. You the the pause was me going. Do I say privilege? But gift was the first thing. I think that that's sort of been like thematically the word of this episode. Aww. I mean, I just think you like you've had some really lovely, thankfully, you know, knock on wood, like awesome gifts. Like, but just that yeah. it's really great and inspiring for people who are listening because. There's a lot of hard shit out there. 
And that's not to say that you haven't had a hard no, go. It is. I mean, obviously you have, but right. it's been in different areas of your life, not necessarily the labor space or the fertility right, area. Right. Yeah. Know. And it's not, not like I was put on oxygen and labor and stuff like, you know, like you, you could, you could build a stressful story, but I just, I fail to see it that way. The bad days are bad days, but I don't, honestly, the bottom line is just thank God for therapy. So that's the theme, okay? That's it's the theme gift the and the gift of therapy. Seriously. And that oh, is a cool <gasps> And here he oh, got in. Yeah. <laughs> Albie, do you remember oh Anna? Mama, why can I not hear her? I know, because she's talking to me. Can and I? Can I hear her? No, because we actually have to go have dinner. Oh, wait, look. Wait, she wants to. Can I have her here, too? Can I hear her? How did you guys all get in here? <laughs> Where's daddy? <laughs> This Hi, is Vera. Mama. Yes. Hi. Oh gosh, everyone's coming Hi. in. Everyone listening. What did you Vera did not ah. exist when Anna Klumsky and I were shooting. Uh, no, this is which again comes out on February 11th on streaming. It's on Netflix. Oh my gosh, goofiness. Thank you, Anna, so, so much for coming on Katie's Crib. And thank you guys for listening to Katie's Crib. And I want to hear from you as we continue with season five. What do you want to talk about? Who do you want me to bring on the show? Do you have questions, comments, concerns, thoughts, ideas? I want to hear from you. You can always hit me up at Katie's Crib at Shondaland.com. Katie's Crib is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd.